Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Well, hello, and welcome back to season five of the best podcast you'll ever listen to in your life. Yes. We think. Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Matt. With me here is Courtney. Hello. As per usual. Yes. We're here to discuss why it's about more than just weight loss as a continuation of this fine season. Mm. Courtney, what's this mean? Well, what does it mean? (laughs) Just before... Just before we hit the record button, Courtney says to me, you can explain what this is about. And so, Courtney, please tell us what this is about. Uh, you're pest. You're pest. You weren't going to say pest, were you? No. You were going to say something else. You're a pest. I'm a pest. So, what do we mean by it's about more than just weight loss? We can't rely on Courtney, so I will explain. Let's say you... You decide, okay, you know what? I'm sick of being fat. I'm sick of being overweight, sick of being unhealthy, whatever. Decide to make a change. Decide to sign up for something. Oh, I've got a new personal trainer. I've started with a new weight loss program. I've gone to the gym or whatever it might be. Great, well done. And you think to yourself, cool, I'm going to do this and this and this and I'm going to lose all this weight and I'm going to live happily ever after. But... Unfortunately, where we start from, so the shape that we're in, the state of our health, be it physical health, um, the way we look at ourselves, are usually related, actually, not usually, always related to other things, other problems that either we aren't giving enough credit to, you might say, or in some cases, quite honestly, are hiding from. Mm. Maybe a strong term, but I'm going to own that. What do you think? I agree. (laughs) Okay, well, that's Courtney. Okay, so I'll take over the show from here. (laughs) Well explained, Matt. Well explained. Now, this is something that, with the benefit of hindsight, I can certainly relate to because when I think about where I was before I started, the the way that I looked, the way that I felt um, were just sort of symptoms of the real problem, Mm. so to speak. Same with you, Courtney. Yeah, of course. So what we've done is Courtney and I have uh, written up a list of things that were either working against us or were contributing to where we were when we first started or we've seen with others as well, obviously with what we do for a living, we're exposed to this literally every day of the week with people. And it's a mistake I've seen a lot of people make, Courtney, and you listening, that you can you can tell yourself, like, well, I'm I'm just signing up for weight loss. But there is so much more that has to go into it that leads to the success we're looking for with that, yeah? Yeah. So let's say, for example, 
you are someone who continually puts others first, which to be fair, I think it's most people. If you aren't prepared, for example, to address that, how are you reasonably going to expect to address, you know, I want to lose X amount of kilos or pounds or X amount of dress sizes? Mm. Yeah? Absolutely. Like, what else have we got here? Like, it can be as simple as a, a sedentary lifestyle. So, I, you know, I want to, I want to lose X amount of weight, but, well, I'm not going to go, I don't want to exercise. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, there's Neither do even, I. Well, not even using it as an excuse. Um, I'm not saying so much as an excuse, but not being willing to address these things. Like, hey, these are contributing factors to why I am where I am. Yes. I hadn't finished. Um, yes. What I was going to say was the. it's not necessarily an excuse. It's more I think this one comes a lot with people where they just don't prioritise it. Mm-hmm. It's just not even seen as a as as a big issue, so there's too much focus then put on the food, n- nothing put on the exercise, or sometimes even vice versa. It just becomes not even a it, everything else in life sort of gets in the way. Very busy work, you know, putting people first. You know, I'm glad you said that. Um, you said about uh, focus on the food, something that kind of half triggers me is whenever and I'm sure you listening have either said this yourself or have known plenty that have said it or have seen this said before where people will say oh it's it's all about the food with weight loss it's all about the food and the first thing I think of is mate you got fucking no clue Mm. like that is no it's not not at all it's actually all about the habits yep because it's the habits that you've got that lead you to where you are. So with the list that we've got here, Courtney, can you can you share certain things on here that you know you can you've experienced yourself that were holding you back before you even started this? Yeah, and I think for me when I first started you were right, Matt, it was a case of, you know, I wanted certain things, but I didn't think that these things were even in the conversation. So I wanted to lose weight, I wanted to look better. Mm. I wanted to look a certain way. Yeah. But it wasn't I want to be skinny. Even in my um, thought process at all, that it might, you know, that I also wanted to work on these sort of things. So um, one, you know, for me that was really big and I've spoken about it before would be um, binge eating. Mm. So I was a massive binge eater. Um, and I think, you know, deep down when, you, when, you, when you've got a really bad binge and emotional eating habit, you know deep down, like I would have known deep down it was obviously hindering um, or helping me gain weight, gain a lot of weight. So obviously I'd have to work on that to lose the weight, but it wasn't, you'd think it would be front of mind in those situations, but it's not. What was? I just want to lose weight. Like it didn't connect for me that, well, I'd probably have to work on my binge eating habit or my emotional eating habit to be able to lose weight. Like there was no connection there. So you sort of know it's a problem, but I didn't connect it. Yeah. As you just sort of think to yourself where I did were, okay, I'm just going to go down this new path. They're all my, that's my old path. I start a new path. That is a tremendous way of putting it in terms of not making the connection. 
And that's you should have done the intro to this show. <laughs> so uh, definitely emotional and and binge eating was one of mine that I can definitely relate to. I we just spoke about exercise. I did not value exercise. I knew it would be a part of weight loss, but I didn't value how important it was. Elaborate on that. Uh, well, you know, I would go to the gym and just go for a walk on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that obviously wasn't helping me, so I knew I'd have to do more. I should mention there is a place for that, but not if that's your primary form of exercise. No, correct. <laughs> so I knew I was going to have to do more, but I definitely didn't understand the role of of proper structured training. Or no intense idea. training by the sounds of it. No idea. Yeah, okay. You know, you, I thought to myself at the time, I thought it might do a boot camp. <laughs> You know, you know, might do some group training. When's the last time you heard the term boot camp get thrown around? That's that been, was everywhere. That you was everywhere when I first started everything, exercising. Everything and everyone needs to be, oh, come to my boot camp. Boot camp. If boot camp was it. That, that's kind of a retro fitness term now. Everyone was doing boot camps. Boot camp. It okay. was the biggest thing. And I thought at the time that was the big thing. Everyone was doing boot camps. That is true, everyone was. And mm. I thought that, that, you know, might have something to do with that. So definitely that one. Um, most of this list, to be honest with you, that we've put together, I can sort of relate to in some way. Well, let's go. Um, what do you think about the weight loss podcast boot camp, <laughs> the boot camp. down the track? <laughs> there was. Everyone named I, everything I, boot camp. I, I remember, now that you've refreshed my memory, you are... <laughs> oh, 100%. Correct. <laughs> Binge eating. I guess the one that I personally don't relate to, but it's a really big one that we see all the time, would be poor support network mm. or poor support sort of circle. I was lucky enough to have a very supportive support network, very supportive family, very supportive friends. Absolutely not always the case, unfortunately. No, um, not always have, the case. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. When, whenever I hear like from clients of ours or just people that we speak to, Talking about, um, there's no other way to put it than this, being sabotaged yeah. by those around them. Like, I don't know who these people are, but I want to fucking strangle them. Yeah. Just because I know of how hard enough this is to work on these things we're going to be talking about without people in our immediate circle. Sometimes, unfortunately, deliberately. Yeah. And sometimes still not deliberately, but still impactful, kind of working against us. Yeah. Yep. So that one we see definitely a lot and it and it can be really big. So obviously if if someone's dealing with a poor support network, they're going into weight loss. Most people that have a support poor support network don't realize they have one until they try to change. So often they'll go into, you know, I, I just want to lose weight, thinking obviously to them, losing weight is the biggest problem. Mm. We're just gonna lose weight. But because they don't realise that their support network is terrible, that is something that crops up along the way, and that like that really, that's one of the ones that takes a lot of time and patience to change, and it's really hard. Um, but also can take some very tough decisions. Yeah, confronting decisions, and sometimes ruthless decisions. And you know what? That's one of the prime ones where when you talk about this particular topic. Yeah. It's a prime one that changes your life outside of just weight loss. Mm-hmm. 
Because if those sort of people, those sort of really, and I'm talking about those really toxic people in your support network that are sabotaging basically what you're trying to do, making changes in that area and really focusing on that area, that changes more than just weight loss. It does open up more doors. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That takes a lot of pressure off people in life in a lot of other ways. So that's a really massive one, which I was, again, touch wood, I was lucky enough not to have. Other people are not as lucky to have support from the beginning, but... but it definitely does make it a... a it, it makes things harder than it needs to be with that question. But it's one of those ones, like what we're saying in this, in this topic, it's one of those things that can be worked on. And it can be improved. It's actually inse- essential to be improved. Should should mention everything that we are going to be listing off here can be worked on and can be improved mm. if you're willing to recognise and put in the work and the effort over a sustained period of time. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other one that we we're going is on our list is a poor relationship with food and exercise. Yeah, um, with exercise, we won't touch on that too much because, as a matter of fact, we did such an episode in this very season about your relationship with exercise. Um, But yeah, definitely a factor. Um, But also, obviously, the relationship with food is a a big factor as well. As we've spoken about before with things like um, justification. I've been good. I do. I, I deserve this. I've gone to the gym. Well, I've earned. I've you know. I've earned this. Or, oh, I just ate that. Better go and work it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the <clears throat> we can go deeper than that. Obviously, without getting too hardcore into it. But you know, things like using food as medication. Yeah. As a way to hide from things. Yes. Yeah, and this is where a lot of this comes up through once you really make that decision to change because often people eat unconsciously. Mm. Um, People have a poor relationship with food where they don't actually realise it often as well. Well, that's the thing as well. Like just that and going beyond that, a lot of these these things we're talking about and we'll be talking about here, (laughs) a lot of them you won't realise you've got them until you start to work on changing yourself. Yeah. And you start to come up against these walls yeah. along the way. Yep. So it's more preparing yourself for things to come. <laughs> well, I, I, I explain to people that with, with a successful weight loss journey, and there's always going to be ups and downs, but it's kind of a series of evolving challenges and evolving problems and there's some problems that you won't face until you've leveled up enough to get to that stage. Yeah. So you look, for example, say we've got on here like sedentary lifestyle. Yep. That is an early problem most people will face. Yes. It's not a problem that someone who's advanced will face. No. Someone who's a bit more advanced, for example, might come up against um, you know, their sleep patterns holding them back. Because to be fair, initially, if if someone is fairly overweight, it actually isn't too hard to get them to start losing weight. Like, hey, let's get off your butt. Let's get moving a little bit. Mm. Um, let's start to you know focus on you know rule of proximity choices that you're making in the kitchen and what you're preparing for yourself, etc. Doesn't take much to get them to change. 
But then you start to come up against issues where it's like, okay, you've advanced a bit more now, you've gone past that stage, you're now at the next stage where this is the thing that's working against you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. What were you saying? Um. <laughs> that digression is, is completely on me. No, that's okay. Let's just go into the next one. Um, negative self-talk and self-belief. Yeah, how can, how can you expect to change if you're telling yourself you're not going to? Yeah. And if you've, and this is, this is something that I can personally relate to a hell of a lot, where you tell yourself, well, this is how it's meant to be, this is how you're meant to be, you're always going to be this way, like, well, of course your actions are going to reflect that. It's something that you said, Courtney, um, in the episode we recorded about yourself with, you know, where you were versus where you are now, you said, um, like, how are you going to get away, or words to the effect of, how are you going to get away from being the fat person if you keep thinking and acting like the fat person? Mm. That's the same thing with this. You tell yourself, well, this is how you're going to be. Well, your actions are going to reflect that, yeah, aren't they? And that's not for me to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, just tell yourself – you know, have some belief and it all goes from there. Well, it's not quite that magical. No. I wish. <laughs> Don't we all? But it is worth calling out that if you keep telling yourself that you're going to be a certain way, you're like, you will, you'll make that happen. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that is absolutely something to work on over time because one of my favourite phrases is fake it till you make it. Yeah. And sometimes, in, especially in the situation of that, you've got to fake it till you make it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned poor support network. You mentioned binge and emotional eating. Um, I'll bring up the next one, which is massive stress. Yes. Stress alone can undermine and sink the entire thing. Yeah. I've seen people where they are consistent as you could ever ask with their training and they prepare fantastic food for themselves and their the eating habits that they build and develop are really like you can't really ask for more. Yeah. But they are stressed up to their fucking eyeballs. Yeah. Be it from work, family, um, self, sort of self-pressure. And it, the way the body reacts, it's a separate podcast we should do about the way the body reacts to stress, but uh, it, can, it can sink the whole ship by itself. I've seen people not change mm. because everything they're doing from a technical perspective, like I said, training, food habits, et cetera, are on the money, but they're so fucking stressed day in, day out that their bodies reflect it and they just don't change. And I've seen it with... Um, with people where if that's the first thing they work on, like let's look at ways to de-stress or manage the stress we've got in our lives in more healthy, productive ways. It can be a, that that alone can be a catalyst to fucking massive improvement and massive change. Yeah, I agree. I, I suffered from um, a stress over you know. Stress, anxiety for a long time. Where do your stresses come from? Well, actually, 
that's a bit of a, a, a generic question. Where did your major stresses come from that you think have worked against you with this? I think before I started, I used to stress out a lot about just ev- ev- anything and everything, social situations, um, work was a big stressor for me. Um, I used to worry, you know, what people thought, uh, what people sa- would say, like literally everything. Um, and I just don't think that I really saw it as a big enough problem as what I should have seen it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, and, and even before I started losing weight or really trying properly to lose weight, um, I think I never, again, I never connected that as ever being a problem. I never really factored in how, um, stress affects the body Mm. and how stress was affecting my, um, attitude towards food. Never, it honestly never occurred to me at all. I just put it down to emotional eating or binge eating, happy, sad, that's it. Um, so it was never a connection for me. And I think throughout even my adult life, um, I think that I've triggered stress more so from work, um, trying to do too, trying to take on too much. Saying yes to too many things, yeah, definitely, yes, tends to be a trigger for me. Mm. And there's still, you know, different things, social situations, work situations that still cause me stress. So there's always going to be stress. I don't think like it's it's definitely not what we're saying is that you're not going to yeah ever have stress again. That's delusional. I think it's more about um, ways to manage, yeah, unavoidable. Yeah, stress, but and the link that the impact can have on your body. Yeah, for sure. For me, the because I dealt with that a lot. Um, for me, it was more around the stress I would cause myself from making mistakes. Yeah, and and thinking that whatever I was doing, I had to you know get it right. Yeah, or nail it, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck those things mean, and then. You know, because we're all human, especially when you're new to things, well, of course you're going to make mistakes. That's part of learning. Yeah. But at the time, the pressure I was putting on myself was, oh, we well, got to get it right. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't fuck it up. And then you make a mistake. Oh, you're fucking shit. You're a fuck up. You're a failure at life. And it just would stew in my head for days and days and days. Yep. Even down to I would stress over conversations I've had with people, oh, I should have said this, I should have done that, oh, fucking idiot. Mm. Not healthy. No. Not productive. Obviously, you contrast to where I am now, like I make a mistake, like cool, fucking get over it and learn from it and giddy up, mate. But that that's a bridge that took quite a while to cross. Yeah. Because it is human nature to kind of stress yourself out, like oh, well, I'm doing something, I want to get it right. And I actually see this from a stress perspective with people that are new that are working with us that kind of will put pressure on themselves to, oh, well, I've got to start to get everything right now from day one. Mm. Like, one, no, you don't. Two, no, you won't. Yeah. We, <laughs> and we tell them this as well. Often it goes in one ear and out the other. Like, it is what it is. That's just the way people are. But I see it a lot with people that when they first start their journey, that the amount of pressure 
they put on themselves to quote unquote get it right from the start leads to unnecessary levels of stress and anxiety because to me you're setting the bar so high like you're not going to get there to begin with no do you want to be striving towards that sort of level of excellence absolutely yeah you're gonna get it there from day one like no chance in hell no and that can really screw people up because that there can i've seen that lead to people unraveling yeah because it's like well i've got to get it right from day one and I've got to do this and this and this and this and I can't afford to make any mistakes and oh fuck something went wrong oh, it all just goes to hell from there yeah like calm the fuck down <laughs> calm your thumb how are you now with stress and anxiety compared to where you were yeah I feel like I still um, definitely have go through bouts of having my stress levels be higher than they should be can I <laughs> sorry to interrupt can I give an example of something that I see you stress out about a lot that's kind of cute and kind of funny but does do your head in? I just want to share this with the with the person listening. Courtney, um, Courtney freaks out when she thinks she's forgotten to lock the door. Yeah. And you know what, though? It's part of who we are. It is an anxiety trigger. I freak, I freak out when I think I've left something turned on. Yep. Like the TV. You know how sometimes you think you can see the TV and the TV's like the black screen? And you think you've turned it off and then you realise when you go to press the button to turn it back on, like, oh no, it's actually it's been on the entire time. It does my head in. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, no, mine... It does my head in. I, um, making sure things are locked is, um, is definitely an anxiety trigger for me. So car, house... Roll it all. Um, garage, workplace. Yep. Definitely all an anxiety trigger for me. Yep. Yeah, mine, mine relates to things being turned on. Um, but also for me, mess. Mess is an anxiety trigger for you. My, my, my phrase is mess is stress. Yes. And I brought this up. Sorry to, to digress like this, though, Courtney. I brought this up to illustrate that even now with how far along we are, like we still have issues that will trigger us. Yeah, you always You always will. You know, we're, we're not going to anxiety ticks that you've got that sort of set you off everyone does we're not going to sit here and say like oh you can get rid of all this stuff like no you fucking can't you get better at dealing with it yeah and then same thing with general stress another anxiety trigger for me is lateness i don't like being late (laughs) i tend to get very angry you don't like being slightly early you must be way early (laughs) matt um it has caused us friction because it is a trigger for me Can I share, though? It actually is a trigger for me selectively. (laughs) It depends on where I'm going. If I'm late for certain things, I'm just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Other things like, who cares? No, I don't like being late. Where you are are blanket universal. Fuck. I'm late to somewhere fucking irrelevant. Because I plan out my time and my day. And if I'm late to the one thing, it might be irrelevant, but then it's a flow-on effect. But I get like that, for example. like I am major, major, major trigger if I think we're going to be even close to being late for a flight. Oh, yeah, you got very angry. Lose my mind. Yeah, very angry. And we weren't even – it wasn't even that close. I was actually very calm that day. You were better than me. You were way very angry. You were way better than me. But – um. The point is, yes, we still get very stressed and anxious, 
Um, so definitely still working on it. But I think the important thing that I learned was how it does affect, how much it does affect your body, how much it does affect your results. Um, that was a big eye opener for me because I, I I didn't know that. I would actually add on top of that how much it affects your mental health. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you you know you're eighteen, nineteen, twenty, you don't you don't always maybe. I th- I actually, I take that back. I think a lot more people do now. But when I was eighteen, speaking like you're an old person, fantastic. But still, it's different. The mental health discussion now is very different to what it was when I was eighteen. And I would say for the better. Yes, and it was not highlighted. It wasn't something that eighteen-year-old me would have thought of. Well, I, I can tell you, it was not something um, when I was 18, for example, that was on the radar. When you but, were 18, dinosaurs existed. <laughs> but um, <laughs> back then, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not even selling that bullshit. You're a flog. Straight up. So angry. No anger here. <laughs> Anyway, next point. Let's move on. Actually, well, no, let's not move on. I was going to say, oh. back back when I was 18, mental health wasn't on the radar. Mm. Certainly, certainly not like it is now. But then looking back in hindsight, like mental you know, for me and for I think most people, like mental health is physical health. Yeah. Uh, which I think is probably a different podcast unto itself, to yeah. be fair. Um. Shift work. Yeah, this was one that I sort of dealt with a bit, so not um, not as bad as like a lot of shift, work, shift workers had it. I used to work um, just some weird hours on the weekends. I worked in hospitality, so I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself a shift worker, but I definitely had um, some weird hours. So I would tend to work, you know, I could work, you know, a twelve hour shift into the early hours of the morning and it wouldn't be uncommon for me to skip a meal. Yep. Or, um, or two or three. Or just pick. Instead of actually sitting and having proper meals, I would just pick throughout the shift. Ah, oh, the grazer. And then eat maybe when I got home, which would have been maybe like 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm. And then sometimes I was on opening shift the next day, so I might sleep for four hours, get up, go back to work. So that even legal? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no idea. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah, five hours. Sometimes I get five hours. I can function on five hours actually. For how long? Oh, just the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the day. And then, um, yeah, so definitely wouldn't have considered myself a shift worker just because that wasn't every weekend and it, and it definitely was only weekends. During the week I had, you know, regular nine to five hours. Yeah. Um, but we see this a lot with shift workers that we've dealt with um, or we've worked with in the past, haven't we, Matt, where they're constantly doing these really random shifts. Um, shift work shift work is like a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> and when you see, especially people that say we'll do shift work in – um, in health, yeah, like say like nurses in hospitals, paramedics, etc. Like some yeah. of the shifts they do and are constantly doing is scary, yeah. quite frankly. 
to me, the thought of it is terrifying. It's like, fucking, I don't know how you do this. Yep. Because I know how I function when my sleep patterns are a bit wacky dacky. Mm. Um, I just fall in a heap. Yep. And I think to myself, how long can this go on for? Mm. Like, you know, from from what I've seen with um, like shift workers, like there's a there's a shelf life on how long you can do that. Yes. Before it sort of grinds you grinds you down. You know, but that is again that can be something that can that can impact this along the way because you know as Courtney sort of spoke about before, it can have an impact on putting food into your body, and like you know, contrary to popular belief, like what you do have to eat, even if you want to lose weight, you do have to eat. That's what that's the way the body is built. Yes. Don't blame me. I didn't construct human beings. It just is what it is. But it has another flow-on effect as well to disrupted sleep patterns, which is the next point, Courtney. And it's not just shift work. Like I had disrupted sleep patterns when I was when I was younger, and they were disrupted because I'd stay up all fucking night playing video games and not go to bed till three a.m., four a.m., and then wake up like you know ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, or or midday. Mm. Like that's that's not healthy. No, definitely not. You know, and so another one of those ones that I never appreciated how the effect it has on your body. Um, yeah, sleep. Well, we we we've done a we've done a podcast um, on sleep previously, but it's also it is worth touching on like disrupted sleep patterns um, has an effect on multiple things. Mm. So you know energy. So you know lack of sleep can affect a training session. Yes. You know, which can then affect you know what you're getting out of the training session that you're doing, mm. um, mental focus and clarity. Yep. Productivity. You know, obviously as well, um, without going too deep into it, because again we've done a podcast on this previously, but um, the way your hormones function, mm-hmm. like lack of sleep, like it's 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 a, it's a stressor on the body. Yeah. Let alone the mind. So that's something that you can relate to from from that shift work that you did, but from me it was just from my shitty ass video game habits. Yeah, but I also see see disrupted sleep patterns from people that will just sit up all night flicking through social media. Yeah. So some people like they can you know they look at their phone before bed and can't go to sleep. Yeah. Some people can. Yeah. I can. Or they just get so distracted that. Or time, the next thing you know, the time the you time go goes down by. A YouTube rabbit hole, and the next thing you know, it's midnight. Uh, guilty. Yes, same. Absolutely guilty. Um, I'm not one of those people that will struggle to sleep after looking at my phone before bed, but that's just honestly dumb luck. Yeah. That's not like I, I haven't worked on that or anything. It's just the way I, I am. I can I can play video games or watch a, a movie and then go to bed, hit the pillow, lights out. Mm. But not everyone's that way. No. And you do have to work in to the way you are built. Yeah. And there's a big one here we've got as well. Courtney is um, a contributor to why people are where they are. Resistance to change. Mm. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah. So I think that this one's really important because as we talk about, you know, you make the decision you want to lose weight and then we feel like, okay, that's just our biggest – now that's our biggest problem. Mm. But my biggest problem is I'm fat. 
I'll fix that. When we're talking about all these things, the resistance to change is a really big one because people might think, well, no one would make the decision to lose weight if they're resistant to change. Wrong. You would think so. Wrong. But you would be wrong. Wrong, (laughs) wrong, wrong. Like you cannot be more wrong. This happens all the time. Um, Depressingly enough, it happens more often than it does not. Yes. And it's very easy to see. Very easy to see when people are resistant to change. Yes. So this is a really, really big, big one to be worked on. And again, it can be worked on and people can change. People can change. Well, with... with Unintended. Well, of course. With, with that one, I think the biggest thing to work on with resistance to change is owning it. Yes. Like, fuck, I am hamstringing myself with this. I don't like change. I personally don't love change. I, I don't love learning new things. I'm not someone who enjoys being a beginner and well, learning learning new habits, learning new skills. It's not my I don't I don't think that is abnormal. I would imagine most people we all like our comfort zones. We all like our routines. And that's you know what that's totally understandable. Yeah. With the context of what we're talking about here, like you, if you want to change, you have to change. Yeah. And that really ties in to the other things we've spoken about here. Like, hey, you want to you look different, you want to feel different, then a few things you do need to be different as well. It is what it is. Mm. Like, Yeah. And I think it, it really ties in then with the tips where we're going to start giving now. Well, before we do, uh, have, what, I don't want to just gloss over this just yet, but with, with being resistant to change, in what ways have you been resistant to change as far as weight loss goes? Um, good question. Because I can give some examples personally. Mine would be things like the, probably more related to the food. The exercise was always... But well, it's all about the food, isn't it? Good for me to sort of, I wouldn't say easy to pick up because easy is not the right word, but um, mentally probably it was easy for mm. me to adapt to the exercise, even mm-hmm. though physically it was very challenging, still is very challenging. Um, I don't like exercise, but I think... Is that so? But I think... So most people listening to this would think that that would have been mentally the harder one for me to get my head around. Yep. But even though I didn't like it, I think it just it made it makes so much sense. It's from the beginning. It made sense. It's structured. It wasn't too much for me to do in a week. It was the right amount, and I could visually clearly see the benefits. So even though I didn't like it mentally, it was very easy for me to get my head around. You bought in, and I just did it. Yeah. Yep. Whereas the food for me definitely has been there's some been some resistance to change. So in what ways? Well, I've never I've always been a bit of a fussy eater. So trying new things. Mm. Um cooking up new recipes. Um that's been definitely a challenge for me. Uh recording what I'm doing. Um those two things would definitely be probably my biggest resistant points. What about you? For me, it's a lot of the times accepting certain things that I do 
or certain habits that I've had have not served me. Mm. So the the first earliest example is similar to Courtney where I was open to exercise, Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily enjoy it, and I was afraid of being seen in public, but I still... I valued the role of exercise because I thought that's all it was. It, if I exercise, I'll lose weight. So the first resistance that I had was um, working on my habits when I was not exercising. Because yeah. I built the habits up of exercise, no problem at all. Mm. Probably to my detriment because I was doing too much. But the resistance would be, well, I'll just go home and just eat what I what always was always eating. So yeah, well, ice cream and, and, and chips and chocolate and junk food. Well, I've exercised. It, it, it's fine now. Yep. And that's where the first resistance was. Mm. But then over time, you get more and more resistances. So I've had bouts where like I could be a grazer. Yep. Oh, I'll have some of this and I'll have some of that. And we call it the one bite won't hurt mentality. Uh, it adds up, you know. So yes. it, it, it then part of part of the resistance to change is getting to the stage where you are prepared to go. You know what? This shit's not helping. This shit's not serving. Mm. Am I going to do something about it? Yeah. And for a lot of people, the resistance to change just stops them in their tracks. Yep. One of the one of my favorite sayings ever is. You won't solve your problems with the same thinking used to create them. Mm. And that really does apply with this. And it's part of it's part of improvement is is constantly breaking down these sort of barriers and resistances. Yeah. And I think resistance to change in particular can kind of sum up almost every other point we've made on this episode so far. Because you do need to be willing to go, you know what? This shit's not helping. I'm not comfortable talking about this. I'm not comfortable admitting this, but it is what it is. And I want to improve enough where I will face this down. I agree. I think that it's it does sum up basically all the other things that we were talking about. <laughs> Which means maybe we need to rename the episode, Why Are You So Resistant to Change? Yeah. I think, though, as an overview... Mm. I think it is still really important to to make sure you're going into weight loss with the right frame of mind. And that's really ultimately what this episode was about, Mm. which is don't walk into weight loss then thinking that weight loss is your biggest problem. No, it's it's a a symptom of the real disease or diseases. I think another way to really look at it is thinking, well, I didn't gain weight Gaining weight isn't my biggest problem. There was things that made like contributed. Made, contributed to me gaining weight. So gaining weight isn't my biggest problem. It's what led to me gaining weight. Well, then losing weight isn't your biggest problem. It's what's going to help you lose the weight. When you when you get to the stage where you look at it the way Courtney just spoke about, it becomes kind of profound. Yeah. Because that there is uh, a very healthy productive way to look at this you've just got to get to the stage where it's like no that's that is what this is especially if you are approaching this from a long-term perspective yeah and i think that it's really easy 
to get in that mindset, like I spoke about earlier of, well, you've made the decision to lose weight, we just start a new path. It's easy to get in that mindset because the path that got you to be the weight you're at was obviously shit. And you recognise that. You recognise the fact that the path that got you to be the weight you are and so unhappy has been shit. So it makes sense to us that we would just make the decision to change, we start a new path. Mm. However, the whole point of this episode has been that the problems that you had will follow you. They're going to follow you down your new path. So That's a great way of putting it. The best thing to do is just to get your head around it from the beginning that unfortunately, like it or not, and you're not going to like it, but you're going to have to work on the things that got you to be overweight in the first place in order to reverse it. There's no magic fix. There's no magic new path. Unfortunately, it's a matter of backtracking your steps and working on all the shit things that helped you get to where you are. Hit the nail on the head. Um, The problems do indeed follow you on the new path until you're ready to address those problems. And that... We will move into tips now. Um, that does tie into the, the first – we've touched on this, so I'll just quickly go over this. Like the weight you want to lose is merely a surface-level thing. It's a favourite phrase of mine, looking at things, well, that's a surface-level problem. I think that's a really, really good way to, like, to be able to reinforce it to yourself because you're going to have to reinforce this over time. And I think that's a really easy way to reinforce things. I really like that. Is this a surface level problem? And with with a person's weight, with you know, with what they see in the mirror, with how they feel, how they function, etc., they are surface level issues. The real issues are when you go deeper, mm. and are prepared to go deeper and look at well, okay, what are the contributing factors to this? Mm. Yeah, and in a number of cases, you won't know what they all are. In fact, I suspect you will not know what they all are, but you'll probably have a good idea on at least some of them. Yeah. You, we're all smart people. You usually, if you're really honest about it, and that's another tip as well, is being honest mm-hmm. and open in being able and willing to identify these things and call them out. Yeah. Are you going to see them all at the same time, all the things that are working against you? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But you'll see enough to get started. And yeah. then over time, more and more th- sort of, the next levels of things to go to kind of reveal themselves Yeah, as you go. And that's where the last tip, well, sorry, the second last tip comes in, which is patience and understanding because it is going to take time not only to recognise these things but also to work on them Mm. and you're going to have to give yourself a break sometimes because you're not always going to get it right. Yeah, that's a fair point. And the last tip, Matt? It's not a race. It's not a race. No. You don't need to fix these things in the 28-day challenge you've just wasted money on. Yep. Or in 12 weeks. No. So you look at Courtney and I, when we work with people, like we, we tell them and we are very clear, we work with people for a minimum of 12 months. Yeah. If someone comes to us and says, oh, I just want to work with you guys for six months, like, no, thanks. No. We don't No, That's not what we're about. That's not, that's not who we are. Some of these things won't be fixed in 12 months. No. Some of them will take years. Yeah. Years. And you know what? That's okay. Mm. 
because you you get the rewards of the progression that comes with striving towards, hey, I'm improving at this, I'm improving at that, okay, I'm at the next level now, I'm going to work on this or this or this. That it, It's not a race. Yeah. That's, all, without getting too much into another digression here, one reason why I fucking hate the diet industry, it turns it into a race. Yeah. Hey, come and do our eight-week challenge and, and do this and fix this and solve that. Like, mate, you don't do shit in eight weeks. No. So it's not a race. Take the pressure off yourself to try and fix these things quickly because I think that makes it even harder. Yeah. Because it is unrealistic to begin with but actually adds to things like stress and anxiety because, oh, well, I've got these problems that I've had for the last 15, 20 years and, oh, I've got 12 weeks to solve them. No, you fucking don't. You've got the rest of your life. Yeah. And as Courtney and I can attest to, there are many issues that you've got, things that work against you, bad habits, like beliefs, whatever, that you may never be rid of. Yeah but you may be a hell of a lot better at managing them so they're less destructive. Yeah? Yes. Like Courtney's still a stress head. Courtney still suffers from anxiety. Nowhere near as bad as she used to. No. Same with me. I still have my triggers that will just send me like fucking around the twist. But they are few and far between. Yeah. And and I, I think I get over them rather quickly. Yeah. Because I also know with me, like I have outlets... For those things, mm. you know. So, just to reiterate, like it's not a race. Nailed it. Nailed it. You want to wrap this one up? I think so. I think that that's it. The end. I hope you've got something out of it. Otherwise, stiff shit. See you next week. Thanks for bearing with us through this podcast. <laughs> um, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page. Not our Facebook page, a Facebook group. Sorry. Either. Or either. Yes. We've got we've got one of each. We've also got an Instagram. We do. We do. We've also got an email. You can contact us via email. What's our email, Matt? Podcast at the weightlosspodcast.com. Nailed it. Um, but yeah, come and um, you can always reach out to us, give us feedback and thoughts and questions, uh, either through our socials or our email. Um, speaking of socials, we do have a cool as man Facebook group. Uh, you'll find a link for that in the, the your podcast app. Just click the link and come and hang out with us and other like-minded people. Yes. Fans of the show. Yep. Um, other than that, Courtney, we're done. That's a wrap. So, yeah, love your work. Yes. See you next week. Bye. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 